You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with a good friend from Goodwill Industries of the Southern Piedmont, Julie Drinkon, thank you so much for joining us. Let's talk a little bit about Goodwill. Now, when you think of Goodwill, what comes to mind? Maybe that's a basket of clothes that you've been wanting to donate the last year. Uh, you know, maybe the place where you can find the best thrifting treasures ever. I know a bunch of millennials now. I think all their clothes come from Goodwill. But yes, Goodwill is also great at finding new and gently new, or excuse me, they're great at finding gently use clothes for a new home, but they do so much more. They actually have a t-shirt that says, we do so much more. And that's really what we're going to dive into it. Now, the original goal was to provide the resources and opportunities for people looking for work to find jobs. But is it it is expanded even beyond that. And I bet you're wondering, well, well, what do they do? You know, we were lucky to go to a tour and me and Scott learned so much. Now, we're going to dive into how you can help. And it is your lucky day because we are so excited to have Julie here from Goodwill. Um, she's here to answer all of those questions, talk a little bit more about their new mission, and then really how they turn our clothes into opportunities for the community. And it is so much more than clothes and, and a lot of things that we had no idea about. So thank you so much, Julie. Welcome to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Julie. And I'm going to jump right in. And I don't think you're you're a young lady. I don't think you're old enough to have been there when Goodwill started. Oh, gosh. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but I would like you to tell us a little bit about the history of Goodwill and how everything did sure. get started. So it was back in the 30s. Wow. 30s. Yes. You definitely so, well, congratulations yeah. on founding the Thank Goodwill you. Industries. <laughs> that looked really good. Um, so it was actually founded by um, Reverend Edgar Helms up in Boston. Awesome. And he, um, he went through the town and was collecting used items from everyone in town and was helping people with um, disabilities and utilizing their skills to mend and repurpose their clothing to get resold again. So that's really how it started. And then we are now a network of, I think, 150 Goodwills nationwide. And um, Goodwill Industries of the Southern Piedmont is just one of those um, in the network. Wow. What exactly is, huge. what does it mean by the Southern Piedmont? How many you mm -hmm. know Goodwills do we have? What is that territory sure. uh, in general? So we are, we cover an 18 county territory. So we do a little bit in South Carolina, um, York, Chester, and um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the third one. Um, and then all the way up to Anson County and out to Polk County in North Carolina. But the majority of our services are in Mecklenburg County and the surrounding counties. And tell us, so when we mentioned in the in the intro, you know, when people think of Goodwill, the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, yeah, that's a place that I can go donate my clothes. Or I remember when I was in college and you do like theme night, like parties, we would go in there and like get the coolest thing. I mean, I was in college kid, like I had like maybe $8 to spend on what my, my outfit would be. Yeah. I remember I got a six suit from Goodwill for a Christmas party. It was all red. It was, it was dope. Um, but that's kind of what my mindset was, right? It was like, oh, cool. It's like a place that you can give your clothes and then, you know, people that might need clothes at a, at a, at a good price, they can come in and do that and that helps them out. But you guys are so much more than that. Absolutely. Tell us kind of how that transitioned from when this was founded into it literally being a, a community center to support people in a lot of aspects of their mm -hmm. life. Well, it, it really always has been. Um, the perception that the community has is that we're just a bunch of stores and that we make a profit off of 
the clothes and items in your home that you give us. And that is not the case at all. So we utilize those gently used goods and we turn those into job training um, to really support the local workforce and, and support people in our community who are really in need of that. And, um, you know, a, a, something that we are really trying to change perception is really the the type of people that we work with. A lot of people think that we work with the poorest of the poor and people who are really so downtrodden, and that's not the case at all. Um, so what we're trying to do really as we shift our identity in our community is to really frame people in an asset-based messaging versus deficit. So rather than talk about people um, – based on their barriers. Let's talk about them based on their hopes, their dreams, and their aspirations. And that's really the basis of what we do. So if somebody in the community, and it could be anybody, um, it could be Brian and Scott, it could be you. If you want to um, really gain some skills in, in IT training and advanced IT training, come on down. So it's all based on the individual and what they want. And it's not what we think they want. It's what they want and how we can partner with them on that journey to really build that pathway. So that's all funded by sales and proceeds. And that's from, all funded by our gear. stores. Yes. And from from philanthropy from the community as well. Wow. Yeah. I'm curious if if I donate apparel to, to our local goodwill down the street. Does it stay in our community or does it go nationwide? It it stays in our community. Absolutely. So usually the store you donate it to, it stays in that store. Oh, wow. If it does not sell in that store, it then comes to our main campus out on Wilkinson Boulevard. And there it travels over to our outlet store, which is called Second Editions. And so rather than have a shirt for $3.99, it goes into the store and they sell by the pound. So you're gonna have a dollar thirty nine a pound. So everyone rolls around their big, their big blue carts, and uh-huh. you just throw stuff in there and then you weigh it. Uh-huh. So um, it's really our last chance to really get the most out of that piece of apparel before it goes out to salvage. So if I were to come in and do backing up to your IT, if, if yeah, we, we could certainly use that skill. <laughs> um, would I have to pay for that as a student, Not at or all. everything's no. funded by Everything the proceeds? Everything is funded. These are completely free and of no cost to our participants. No matter your background, no matter your income, no matter anything, because we are here to support people in their growth. No matter what that growth might look like and what this job training might lead to. And it's an amazing campus. I mean, we took the whole tour. You guys were kind enough to host us, and it, it was it was yeah. beautiful. Like it, it it's brand new. It's like you said, it's down Wilkinson, uh, out near the airport, right? Mm-hmm. Right next to the um, airport. So it's pretty convenient to anyone. Um, and I, I really want to learn. Like, okay, they come and they get their skills uh, from your facility. Then do you help place them with employers around the community we and do. beyond? We do. So we offer. Um, wraparound services, which I'm sure you've all heard of. So wraparound services indicates that we are not simply a job training organization or a workforce development organization. We help the whole person. And that's important as you are building your pathway um, because you can't be a great employee if you are unhealthy or if you don't have proper child care or, or you're not financially stable or have any financial literacy. So we have strategic partners throughout our campus that help people in those specific areas. So they have um, access to affordable health care through Charlotte Community Health Clinic. They get financial literacy training through Commonwealth Charlotte, an incredible organization in town. And um, we also have access to Charlotte uh, Metro Credit Union that specifically helps people who are unbanked. 
So we have really great avenues that support the whole person right there on campus, which is why we are there. So we don't have to send people to different parts of town when transportation is also one of the biggest barriers. So we want to keep everybody, um, make it an easy process and keep them on campus as long as they can so they can get all of their needs met. Yeah, I love that. Your community, I mean, it's literally a community center, right? Mm -hmm. When you walk in there, they even have this like amazing, I don't want to call it a restaurant. I think it's kind of like a coffee shop. You guys are transitioning that into like a full-fledged restaurant. And it's legit. Like it's a place, literally, it looks like you would find in South End. Like this is super, super nice. And then you mentioned the credit union and then you have the clinics. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is literally a community when you walk through there. And I would challenge everybody listening to this Go check it out, get a tour. It will open up your eyes, but also there's a lot of opportunity for businesses to give back to you as well to, to really kind of create programs where they can train people that then could be, you know, educated enough to go into your, uh, your uh, profession. But we had the opportunity to listen to. Um, a beautiful lady who spoke and she came there basically just to transition out of the career path that she had. She didn't know really necessarily what she wanted to do or the skill set that she wanted, but she knew that if she, if she got an opportunity to do something a little bit different, that would elevate her career. And she went through there and this is like you mentioned, this is not, you know, you see a homeless person on the side of the street. That's the people we're helping. Like this was a mother had multiple kids and used that opportunity to educate herself, get new skill sets, and now is flourishing at one of the top companies in Charlotte all through that. And like that, I was sitting here, I was like, that's incredible, right? Like that's what it's all about. So tell us, you know, I want to learn from there. What's the new mission, mm-hmm. you know, of Goodwill and how can this community support that mission? Absolutely. So our, our new mission is that we build pathways to help people pursue the life they want to achieve. And that was, again, really a part of our intent to put the put the power back in the individual. And the power is not in the work that they achieve, but it's in the pathway that they have selected to get there. And it's all their choice and it's theirs. And so we always want to keep the ownership with the with the participant and with the individual. We had a lot of um, employers that were walking around in the tour. Uh, it was with our Hood Hugger Breakfast Club. So a lot of you know, I would say, you know, decision makers of businesses, owners of businesses. And I think everybody's eyes were wide open. Like we didn't have any idea, Mm -hmm. but then you could see things start turning, right? Like how can we get involved? Or, hey, maybe we're a business that's in the construction space. We need, you know, talent. Absolutely. How can we utilize that to be able to get people that are willing to work? Obviously, if they're coming into Goodwill and they want to, you know, learn new skills, they're doing that so they can better their life. What can business owners that are listening to this podcast do to get in touch with you? Mm-hmm. And then what type of opportunities are out there right now? As an example, if somebody, you know, might be, you know, sitting in a job right now that they don't like, or, or there is no opportunity to grow. And specifically from a technology standpoint, it's either you're on the train or you're going to be left. So what could people do from that perspective? I know I threw a bunch of things sure. at you, sure. um, but I guess first let's start on if companies are interested in getting yep. involved how can they do that and what would that look like? Right. So we have a dedicated employer engagement team whose sole job is to connect with employers in the community and connect them to the jobs that we are training people for and the skill sets that we are training people for. So it's not always necessarily the hard skills, but it's also the soft skills as well or essential skills as we call them. So if you are interested in learning about the talent that we have, and that's also something that's a a change in our narrative as well, is that we want to also be seen as a, a source of talent because what we have is 
great talent because our curriculum is solid. It's all industry-recognized certifications. So people who graduate from our programs, they are ready to go. They are certified um, through a really great program. So if you are interested, um, visit our website, Goodwill SP, S is in Sam, P is in uh, paul.org, and you'll find our employer engagement team. And they're always happy to learn about new opportunities that are at other companies. And also what we can do is um, really create employer customized training. So if there's a, you know, hmm, a, a sector cool. that you're really trying to employ, especially now with the job market, you want to have people um, who are coming out that are specifically trained for your company's needs. We're, we, we love those opportunities because we're meeting the, the, the workforce pipeline need, which is another part of really our purpose. What are you seeing currently? Like, you know, is it tech? Is it like what sectors are hot? And, oh, IT. And IT Absolutely. And construction. IT and construction. So um, our three offerings that we have are construction, and we do basic construction. We do commercial carpentry. We do drones, which is so cool. So commercial drones. Um, and we do um, also customer service. We've partnered with the National Retail Federation to um, help people get nationally um, or inter industry-recognized certification in, in customer service. And then finally is our um, information technology training, and that's advanced. So people are coming in, um, they're going to learn about um, quality assurance, BAQA, um, web design and development. So they're they're leaving with um, certifications that can get them jobs that are fifty to $70,000 a year. Wow. Are, are there costs to employers to partner with you in that regard? If if we do a customized training, then yes, mm -hmm. there there would be a cost, but there would not be the cost to the individual. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm going to throw you on the spot here. So she's actually really good. I'm very I'm impressed yeah, by the way you can communicate <laughs> yeah. about what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's going to do well. Uh, here we go. <laughs> so if you're an employer. You know, one of the things that, and I used to kind of come from this world, one of the things that people want to know is like, what's the retention rate, right? Like, what mm -hmm. is the success rate of people that go through the yeah. program? And I'm just going to say, if you have somebody that's going into Goodwill, that's motivated to to, to better themselves, to, to get, to learn, basically, yep. right? Let's mm -hmm. educate, learn. Those are the people you want to hire, Absolutely. right? Because they're the ones that, that can come in and they're excited. They, they're doing this for their career. So it's not like... You know, oh, hey, Bob just applied to a job. This person has had to go through significant training before they even get that opportunity. So what is kind of the success rate of that for you guys? And, and yeah. I feel like it has to be great. It, that's a great question. Yeah. So we measure on a six-month retention rate. And right now it's at 80%. That's awesome. So it's it's incredible. Um, so that is good. it yeah. speaks to the, the quality of the graduate and the quality of the job that we're matching them with. So um, it's it's very exciting. We're always looking to you know continue to grow that um, and, and expand our offerings on the employment side as well. So um, we're always looking for new opportunities and new employers to partner with, and again to be seen as a talent resource. You guys, um, and this is great when people come in the door. Maybe maybe somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I want to better a, a specific skill set." Mm -hmm. I have a, an, a I have a feeling that when people walk in. Even people that are going to, to better themselves might not have, not have any idea there's a credit union, there's a clinic, 
there's all these other things. How many people come in there and then they start to learn? We're like, oh, well, you know, I might have a kid that, that has medical needs. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you guys, it's almost like you're just offering a lot of different things. They might come in for one thing and then they leave and they're, they didn't know that three or four things now are, oh, are absolutely. helping them out. Absolutely. And I think that's probably the case with, with most people that visit our campus. So a lot of people come uh, to visit our job resource center as well. And that's really um, like a job seeker. They're, they're trying to get employment right now. For the most part. So when they enter our campus, they go to the the front desk and that's really where everything starts to be shared with them, the opportunities that exist. And they're probably starting to now think a little bit differently. So it might not just be a job right now. They might need that job right now, but so let's help you with the with the short-term need. And let's also start thinking about the long-term need so that you don't have to keep looking for right now jobs. Let's start thinking about a career. And then what are the the skills that we can help that person develop because we have an incredible essential skills program that creates transferable skills into any industry. And then maybe we have the classes that align with what they want to do. How long are these classes in general? So our shortest is a four week class and that's more of our customer service course, but then our longest go up to 16 weeks. So they're they're time commitments, you know, and for a lot of our folks who are working during the day, they're taking these classes at night. Um, we do offer virtual as well and could be had to like everybody make a big switch, um, at the start of the pandemic. So we are starting to bring people back to our campus, which are, is so exciting. Um, cause we, we miss that, you know, uh, there's a ton of value you in, know? in being in person. There just is, you know, <laughs> we're I, social beings. It, it, we need to hug each other. We need to see, need to see it. Yeah. We need to see the emotion and, and all of and that. Even as, you know, yeah. an employee of Goodwill, just to walk downstairs and and see people in classrooms and see people learning, um, seeing people get served, you know, to see them come in for help and then then they get it. Love that. They they leave better. I just love that. Is that what you would say you're most proud of with the role you you have at at Goodwill? I know you, you wear a lot of hats and you're helping a lot of people, but what would you be most proud of? You know, what I love, we, we had, um, uh, drop-in child care center for many years. And we unfortunately had to close it um, with the pandemic. And what I loved, I loved walking by that drop-in child care center. It was beautiful. And just seeing the children in there. I think it's because I'm a mom of, of three young kids. I loved seeing them in there because it meant that they had a parent who was receiving um, training or they were talking with their career coach or they were you know, looking for a, a quick short-term job and they were able to get that support because we were able to provide them that childcare so they could better themselves. So I, I love That's that. Awesome. Um, I love that we provide access to people who might not, who thought that they might not have had access. And we, we provide the tools to partner with them on their journey. And I think I love that most about our transition is, you know, Scott, what do you want to do? Here's how we can help you get there. And um, it, the onus is on the on the individual. You know, if they really want it, they, they will do the work and we will always be there to support and provide the right resources and connect them to other organizations if they need it. Um, and this is what I love. You know, I'm going to throw this. This is kind of interesting in the last like 10 years probably – you know, when I grew up, I'm 37, it was you go to college or you're not going to be successful, right? right? Like that was it. Um, now in, in the last like five to 10 years, there's a lot of people that have a ton of debt. 
you know, that went to college that maybe you're not working in, in their field or maybe their college degree didn't help them at all. Right. So I think this kind of given this notion, well, why do I need a degree? Why do I need the certificate? Why do I need this to be able to advance? What that's really done is kind of created a lack of labor in certain areas. And so you're seeing a rise in two-year schools. You're seeing a rise in these different certifications, specifically you know, through IT, cybersecurity, all of those different avenues. How do we change the mindset and the shift to enable people to say, look, if you can invest 16 weeks, it can change your life, mm -hmm. right? And this could be something that doesn't cost you anything. So if you're listening to this right now and you are and you have a tough job, you're going job to job and you don't know why, go into Goodwill and have that conversation. 16 weeks from now, your life could be completely different. And really all it needs is a good attitude, a work ethic, and the ability to say, I want to change my life. Absolutely. Is that the sale? That's it. You right. did it. <laughs> We're going to put you so, on the payroll. Nice pitch. No, I love it. Yeah, no, but I love it. I mean, I love it. And I, yeah. I just, I think that's something that everybody needs to really, you know, open up and look at. I, I, I'll tell you a story. I have uh, my cousin who has had a lot of issues, you know, growing up. It, it's, it's been very difficult and challenging um, from what he's had to deal with. But he went to, uh, a, I think it was like a less than a year. And it was like a cybersecurity thing. The guy's going to make like $80,000. He's like right? 19 years old. Right. I'm over here. I'm like, man, <laughs> need to go get into IT, <laughs> you know, but that, but that's something where I think people don't know that, right. They, or maybe they're just stuck in that grind of like, I'm in this profession. I'm not going to be able to go do anything else, or I don't have a college degree. I don't know what to do. And now we have this amazing that's avenue right. right here. So that's really cool. Um, changing. Well, oh yeah. Go for it. Go. I, I do want to add you, you asked how we could kind of change that. Yeah. And I think it starts with the employers. When employers can start to really demonstrate that a four-year degree is not required mm -hmm. for most or many of their jobs, which is true, yep. that opens the doors for a lot of people to start thinking differently about their careers. You know, like a Bank of America, many of their jobs, you don't need a four-year degree. And when that starts getting publicized a lot more from major brands you know, even even small companies, it can really, again, create access, which is what people don't have right now or think they don't have. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. We hire on basically person. Are, are you able to hold a conversation? Do you do what you say you're going to like core right. values, basic mm -hmm. core values? Are, do people like to be around you? Do you have a good personality? Do you want to work? Do you, do you work hard? Do you have great work ethic? Are you on time? Like basic things like that. And if if you have those skills and you're interested in, in developing those skills and becoming better at it, um, we can teach you what, what we need you to know, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I agree. I, I, that's how we hire. Yeah. Uh, well, good. <laughs> I know we're just a little small business, but... No, but, um, but that's but right. There's a lot of that out there. I yeah. Think. In my previous life coming into this, I was a recruiter, right? And I, this is to every recruiter out there. I don't care if you're a corporate recruiter. I don't care if you're a recruiter that works for companies. The reality is, is the recruiter has ruined the relationship and opportunity for people that do not have a quote unquote must have on a job description. So if you are an employer right now, previously, before you worked with that, that outside recruiting company, you had the ability to maybe have a conversation with someone that might not have all the boxes checked, right? But now that you're working with a recruiter, that's all you get. And you think you're just getting the most polished people. But the reality is you're missing the gems because that recruiting company will never present that person no matter if they love them and they think they'd be a great fit because you told me they had to have an MBA. You told me they had to have a four-year degree. And if I were to submit that to you, I wouldn't be doing my job. 
So this is a direct thing. And one thing I'm passionate about, if you're an employer, enable those recruiters that you work with, whether internally or externally, to go find the best person for your company. Ask them about your culture. Ask them, ask the hiring managers, why should we work for you? What is the type of person that you need? If you're an employer and you cannot manage somebody and also train them to be the person that you need, then maybe you shouldn't be a manager, number one. And two, you're never going to have somebody that comes into a job that's going to be a perfect fit no matter what, right? They're always going to have to go through training. They're always going to have to go through certain aspects of it. So I think you mentioned something that's great. And this is, I think, something that could bridge that gap, right? Utilizing goodwill, companies that come in there and realize, hey, if we get them through a specialized training for eight to 12, 16 weeks... We already have somebody that's going to be polished. We know they got a great attitude. We know they want to work. We know they're motivated. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know I just went on a rant, but I think like that's kind of the reality of where we're in is there. The recruiter is the middle person for every job now. I don't care where it is, unless you are a small business of like probably 20 or less. The owners are not talking to everybody. Right. They're utilizing outsourced talent because they can't find it. Ah, oh, we can't find it. We can't find mm-hmm. it. And now you're just getting these. Here you go. Here's the beautiful options. I can't tell you how many people I did not submit for jobs that would have been a perfect fit from a cultural standpoint, but I couldn't do it because they didn't have the must-haves. So screw the must-haves. <laughs> that's the goal of that, me- of that message. Well, well, that's unfortunate because yeah. your company is now at a huge disadvantage. Totally agree. Because of your lack of diversity yeah. on your team. Because you now lack diversity of thought. Yep. which is the absolute most important thing to have on your team. So you now have a homogenized group of people um, who, who, who think the same thing. They check have all the, the same boxes. Background, right. And they, they bring no previous experience that can challenge thought and and create innovation. And just what I like to say is cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to do cool stuff. You know, so how can we get people together who want to do cool stuff? Right. Uh, I love, love it. it. I want to dive into your background because you, you have a very unique background um, all the way in Penn State. Yes. Um, and I believe you were in the band at Penn I State. I was in the band. Were you, on the mar- were you a, a mar- in the marching band? 100%. So my dad was in the marching band at Florida State. Not okay. Penn State, but uh, Florida State. I know. I mean, it's not the same, I guess, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's different. It's different. De- right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What instrument did you play? Well, yeah. I, well, I played the mellophone in the marching band, but in um, the regular orchestra symphonic band i played the clarinet nice awesome yeah. that's awesome my wife was also cool. or she was a uh i guess she was in she didn't i don't know i'm, I'm gonna butcher this but she was in the band in high school and she tells okay. me all the time her and my dad just think it's the coolest thing in the world so <laughs> um, well, but anyways i i penn state okay. we're gonna we're gonna go yep. on from there so you have had a, had a couple different jobs here and there you came to charlotte you were the vice president of campaign for Charlotte Chamber of Commerce. We worked you, together. Yep. Which is how yep. I met Scott. That's yep, right. That's right. We, you were there history. for five years and then yeah. you got the opportunity to join Goodwill. Tell us a little bit about your journey, a little bit about yourself, and really how did you end up at Goodwill? Um, and, and I just would love to hear kind of that story. So my journey all the way back, um, when I was at Penn State, I was a journalism major. So I've always loved to write and I've always loved to tell stories. That's just mainly writing stories. I'm a much better writer than I am a speaker. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to um, I wanted to work for the New York Times. I wanted to be a feature writer. I just wanted to just tell people beautiful stories and, um, and and be published. A little bit of a 
little bit of an ego because I wanted to see my name on the byline. Um, so <laughs> when when I graduated in, I in 2002, <laughs> the the newspaper industry was was kind of uh, going downhill. That was just not an opportunity for me, and uh, a girl needed to get a job. So um, <laughs> so you know, I, I worked um, here and there, and and oddly enough, found my way into a nonprofit after I did. Um, interview with the um, the NSA, the National uh, Security Agency, and that was such a cool process. And that when I when I applied for that, it kind of switched my my resume from a writing resume to more of a data writing resume, and that's how I got my next job, which is at um, a mortgage finance publication. I was 22 writing about mortgage finance, and I had to look oh up what God. a mortgage was. <laughs> <laughs> and they had me going to the Hill and asking congressmen questions. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, attitude is everything. You don't That's even it. need to know what a mortgage is to crush it. Well, they say about, fake it till you make it. You oh, 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 man. man. Like, That's how like, you learn, though. Tell me about asset-backed securities. Yeah. And I was somehow writing them. So, That's um, awesome. So I made my way down to Charlotte, and it was because um, it was uh, but nice people. That was my my first thing. People were nice, and um, the houses weren't attached to each other because I was living in D.C. at the time, and you couldn't buy a house that was not attached to another house. <laughs> so I came <laughs> yeah. down here, and I managed to get um, a job at the Arts and Science Council, and that's what really started to immerse me in the local Charlotte community, which was so different. Than, than D.C., what I loved about it here was everything was so accessible that you could walk down the street and walk into a museum and, it, you know, it wasn't, you know, the Corcoran in D.C., which was so – felt very inaccessible. So I loved that and I loved raising money and helping and supporting um, the arts community because I just – I love the creative community. And, you know, my, my time cool. – came to an end there and I went um, over to the Charlotte Chamber of Commerce where I got to work with local businesses, which I found was really my um, my sweet spot. I, I, I love working with businesses. I love matching what they do with what um, the organization I do and really helping them, helping their employees and, and really then helping our organization and the community at large. Um, right when the chamber merged with the Charlotte Regional Partnership and became the Alliance, um, I saw this amazing opportunity at Goodwill open up, which is what I really was looking to do, which was back to traditional philanthropy and getting to work with my boss, Larita Barber, which is, she's pretty known in, in our community. She's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. And just yeah. getting getting to work with her and learn from her um, and, and connect people again, and got back to storytelling and in a great way. So, you know, while I'm not uh, in you know, uh, any articles, uh, you know, in the paper, um, I do get to tell stories and connect with people and tell their stories to help people really understand and change their perspective and, and perception of, of who we serve and, and who we partner with. Well, they're very lucky to have you. Uh, like so I said earlier, you're, I, I did not know that about you, your yeah. journalism and all of that. Yeah. And now it all makes sense because you're very good at telling, <laughs> yes, telling the story of, of, Thank you. Not just goodwill, but but everything else, and that's that's freaking awesome. Thank that's a you. skill. That's a great skill. I was gonna say the same. I was literally yeah. say the same thing. Yeah, um, it's true. One last yeah. thing I want to jump in here is is we always want to to connect, you know, our audience with you. Um, if it's businesses that are interested in getting involved, if it's it's people that are looking for that next opportunity, or, or if they just need some help, right? They need somebody mm -hmm. to talk to. But there was one thing that you guys mentioned when we went and did our tour. 
And like, I'm gonna say it again, go see this space. It's beautiful, it's unbelievable. But you guys have like a bunch of conference rooms as well. Mm-hmm. And you guys open those up, I believe, to businesses to be able to have certain types of events. Yes. Um, is there Are there also opportunities that businesses wanted to come in and like volunteer time? Because I feel like if you did, look, you can, you can rent out a conference center anywhere. You can rent out a room and have a cool meeting. Go do it at Goodwill. Yep. Not only will you be able to continue to have those business meetings, but people are going to start to look around. And, and it's something that could change kind of your company, the clients that you bring in there, and just kind of open their eyes to not only what Charlotte's all about, but like it, it, this is it. Like that community center to me represents like what our city, the best things about it, oh, right? Thank you. I love that. Yes. So, so what? how do people get in touch with you? How can they get uh, get that stuff rocking? Um, again, please visit our website, goodwillsp.org, or you can contact me directly and I'd be happy to get you um, to the right person. I'm sure in, in the show notes, throw all my information in there. Um, Give it to him. Give it to him. Right now? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's julie.drinkon at goodwillsp.org. And I'd be happy um, to share you with our events manager and she will get you uh, so taken care of because it's, it's, a, it's a great experience to uh, just to have people come through and see um, – and you mentioned our restaurants, so we are actually, I'm going to put a little plug in here. We are going to put out an RFP for um, for restaurants to submit for taking over that space. Nice. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So, you know, I personally, I'd love to see, you know, a, a, a local restaurateur, an entrepreneur who's really looking to grow their business. It's a full kitchen. You have access to our community. Call gardens. them out. Who do you want? I, Call uh, them out. I, I don't know who it is. <laughs> we know a few. Yeah, we, we know a few. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it goes back to the access too. So we, it, when you open it up to everybody, you're going to get this talent that you had no idea existed. Mm-hmm. So somebody's out there doing something so dope and so cool that we haven't thought of and against bringing diversity of thought and, and just backgrounds and making it so cool. So I'm, I'm excited to see what we get in there. I love Very it. Cool. Julie, Very this cool. is incredible. What you do is incredible. What Goodwill does is incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm sure people listening to this had no idea, right? Yep. It's so much more than dropping off your clothes and, and creating that type of an avenue, which is great as well. But it, I just think it's incredible what you guys have been able to create. So um, thank you, Julie, for joining us. Like I always say, please like, share, comment, go on their website, contact Julie, if you're an employer and you're looking for something, go reach out to them. If you're an employer and you think it could help your company, go talk to your owner. Go talk to the boss. If you're a, an owner, call Julie. You know, we're going to do all of that. And if you guys have any questions, you can contact me and Scott. We will get you in touch with her. Uh, she's awesome. We've known her for a very long time. And it's uh, just incredible what you've uh, been able to accomplish over there. And I really think it's just the beginning, right? Absolutely. Like it's, you know, if all of us don't even know about it now, what happens when we know about it? Right. You know, so, um, so that's awesome. Well, I, I commend you for um, for recognizing the the spark and inviting me on here to to share our story. So thank you, and and Scott, thank you. Yeah. I've, just, I've just loved our relationship for the past oh my gosh ten years now. Me too, um, which is just incredible. So I'm I'm glad that we're still connected. Thank you for investing your valuable time. With oh, us. it's absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> absolutely, Scott's the man. Um, thank you, Julie, so much. Everybody, check it out. Reach out to me. Let's um, let's see what we can do to continue to help out all the good that Goodwill is doing and support their mission of building pathways to support life, uh, the life they want. And, uh, and that's awesome. So again, Julie, you are awesome. Go check out the website. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast.
You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.